0: It takes a humble mind and a curious spirit to go past the hubris that ignorance and knowledge bring. Through questions, specific concerns are addressed, doubts are dissolved, and understanding is achieved, which is the goal of this podcast. We believe asking questions provides one of the quickest and most precise routes to understanding, which translates into the correct execution of actions and the attainment of desired outcomes. This is where Solomon Ray comes in. Solomon Ray is a prolific Bible teacher, executive leader, advisor, and sponsor, known for his love for Jesus Christ and people, wisdom, and unique incursions into God's Word to provide relevance, clarity, and understanding for personal leadership and a more productive life in Christ Jesus through every area of life. We trust this podcast will help you provide clarity to the burning questions you've been harboring all these years. Let's delve into the podcast and listen attentively as Solomon Ray brings clarity, insight and understanding to some questions. Take a listen.
1: Hello, I am Moses Ikundi from Boya Cameroon. Greetings to all. My question is about prayers and reading the Word of God. Some men of God have prioritized prayers over reading the Word of God, and others have prioritized reading the Word of God over prayers. So I want to know if any of that has more importance or more reference than the other. And I want to understand at what stage of maturity does prayer become. Amusable because I know when we are in the flesh, prayer is boring and prayer is not pleasurable to us in the flesh. So, at what stage of growth does prayers become amusable? Thank you. God bless you. hello 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 good day welcome back this is part two of the question that we had on prayer or the word of god and what's the priority that's the first part that we touched in part one and now we'll focus on at what stage does prayer become a delight and this is one question still from moses who's in cameroon so this is part two to that question and the reason why we decided to split this is because this is a very important question and i didn't want a situation where we are scrambling over time trying to compress so much in so little time because if i had to do this just answering all these questions in one session the episode would have maybe stretched to about two hours or so so that's why we are kind of segmenting the answer. So we consume the answer piecemeal. My goal is always and will always be understanding. It's not about just checking the box. That I've answered the question. Have I answered the question in such a way that it drives understanding? That's always the cure ED for me. When we're doing mathematics and the final answer to put cure ED, the bottom line answer. So that's where the bottom line question mark that I ask myself. The reason why I take my time to to distill the answers from a place of deepness and you know going right to the source and bringing it back to the place where we can comprehend is so that we understand the full scope. In just saying that yes or no, it doesn't help you. Christ never answered or hardly answered a question by yes or no because that's not how the spiritual realm works is a very dynamic realm and yes or no is a very lame way or very infime way to respond to spiritual questions. Enough talk. Welcome to Ask Solomon Ray podcast and I'm your host Solomon Ray and as always our goal is to seek to dissolve your doubts so you can perceive and approach life correctly, understanding your Christian walk with Jesus Christ and your Christian living with others, maximizing your time, purpose and assignment for the glory of God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So let's go ahead with a word of prayer lord I want to thank you for part one I want to thank you for all that you enable us to do and to say and we thank you for teaching us all these things and for granting us a platform to release these answers to your people and even to ourselves thank you very much for the impact and the influence thank you very much for the understanding that you're distilling through this platform to everyone across the world today and even the future thank you very much father for the hunger you're planting in the hearts of your people a hunger for your word a hunger for you a passion to know you a passion to become the very expression of who you are lord be with us as we start and end with us equally in jesus name i pray amen So our questioner still is moses like i said and this is part two of the question prayer or the word of god was a priority and at what stage does prayer become a delight so in part one i repeat we focus on the first part of the question prayer or the word of god was a priority and now in part two we are looking at at what stage does prayer become a delight so we'll go straight into it talking about stage and I thank you Moses for choosing that particular word. At what stage? We have to comprehend that and understand that there are different levels of growth spiritually. Like you have different levels of growth naturally. Baby stage where you are now like an adolescent, a young adult, an adult and you know all of that so in the spirit realm we have also different cadres of growth and the question here is at what stage does prayer become a delight so we'll start by looking at the stages of spiritual development and this is a uh, thing in, in the lesson i have don't be surprised I, I keep saying in the lesson i have in the lesson i have because the lessons that god drives and the understanding the revelation that god releases into my spirit and enables me to capture and to document is because there are people who have genuine concerns and there are people that have a hunger for god and when i tell you that i have this lesson it's not because of this lesson that this question is coming all right it doesn't mean i have a lesson for every question I'll be pretentious to do that. So I have a lesson called The Consummate Man. And there is a teaching and there I talk about this slightly. So we look at the stages of spiritual development. There are three stages of spiritual development or development spiritually. There are three stages. Number one, the baby stage. Number two, the youthful stage. And number three, the fatherhood stage. Number one, the baby stage. Number two, the youthful stage. And number three, the fatherhood stage and I can sense somebody saying then where the mother will stage i'll talk about that maybe somewhere down don't understand scripture with your human head it doesn't work that way and don't try to circumvent the language of scripture because they are prophetic I know some translations have tried to modernize scripture and they are trying to bring in you know this feminist idea of him or her and she or he and all of that there are some places where it can obtain for example talking about brethren brethren is about the male and female but when God says my son son of God let it be the way he has said it and understand why he said son don't not try to say son and daughters because God doesn't have daughters strictly speaking spiritually. The reason why we are sons is because we are one with him, his son and his son gives us our identity. So we are part of his body. So if I'm the hand of Christ, the hand of Christ is a male hand. If I'm the toe of Christ, the toe of Christ is a male toe. If I'm the foot of Christ, it's a male foot. So when you understand the aspect of son of God, you know that your identity and your everything is lost into him. You are not a daughter of God. It means that you are not engrafted properly. It means you are bringing your identity and pegging it to God's identity in Christ. But when God says he has sons of God, it means you lose your identity and you take on the identity of the son. So the life of the son flows through you to your world stages of spiritual development stage one the baby stage and here it has to do with those who are still not just those who are born again then maybe you have made five years it means now you are a youth that's not what it means growth in the spirit is not a factor of time it's a factor of wisdom knowledge and understanding growth in the spirit is not a factor of time time has a very small component to play the principal component or determinant of growth in the spirit is wisdom knowledge and understanding so a baby is someone who has not grown to a certain level of understanding of who god is and who he is or who she is in christ and has not come to the place where god has taken over their bodies and is living his life through their bodies that's a baby I repeat growth in the spirit has to do with the level of wisdom understanding and knowledge that you have not the amount of years you've been in church not the amount of years you've been a christian there are things i want to say because i don't want to sound arrogant or like proud or something so let's read first john chapter 2 verses 12 to 13b probably new king james version first john chapter 2 from verses 12 to 13b the B part from the New King James Version no 12 to 13c sorry 13c not 13b 12 I read I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake 13c I write to you little children because you have known the father I repeat verse 12 I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake 13c i write to you little children because you have known the father you see the features in this stage is that you know the father a child who is born knows the father are you saying knows the mother at least They know this is mommy, this is daddy. Even if they can't articulate the words well, they know this is daddy and this is mommy. So that's why when daddy or mommy carries them, they just start smiling because they know they're among the right people. They just know. So they know who their father is, but they don't understand him nor his ways the features in the baby stage is that Christians know who their father is God is my father but they don't understand him nor do they understand his ways like a newborn baby knows that this is mommy and daddy but they don't know what mommy is saying they hear sounds daddy is saying something mommy is saying something but they can't make sense of what daddy and mommy are saying but they know that this is daddy and mommy they know it's an instinct from within they know they can understand but as much as they keep growing and start going to school they will now understand what daddy and mommy are saying are you saying the second feature i'm giving just some few of them the second feature in the baby stage is that the christians here are carnal carnal meaning they live from human wisdom they live from sensual wisdom they are still functioning living their life in christ from their human experiences their human knowledge I'm not saying human nature because when they are in Christ, God takes away that nature. But that nature is still present in their mind through all what they have experienced prior to giving their life to Christ. So they have not been regenerated in their mind, they have not had their mind transfigured God by the word. So they are still living their life from their human perspective, their human identity, their human knowledge, their human wisdom, their sensual wisdom what guides them is their emotion, how they feel, I you to their carnal and finally, they are vulnerable to demonic manipulation and deceptions so because they are carnal and they are still operating from the human point, human wisdom and human understanding, sensual wisdom and the devil is the master of the sensual realm, he knows human beings back and forth so because of that, they are vulnerable to demonic manipulations and deceptions stage 2 youthful stage let's read first john chapter 2 from verses 13b to 14b first john chapter 2 from verses 13b to 14b from the new king james version 13b i write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one are you seeing the progression 13b i write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one 14b I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. The reason they overcome the wicked one is because the word of God abides in them. Meaning their understanding of who the word of God is, they understand their place, they understand their nature and origin, they understand their authority, they understand their role and contribution, they understand the weakness and the powerlessness of the devil in the face of God's word. So that makes them not be vulnerable to the manipulations and manigances of the devil. The features in this realm is that they know They know who they are in Christ. Their identity is settled. They know they are not humans, they are not Africans, they are not Americans, they are not Europeans, they are not Asians. They know who they are in Christ because the Word of God abides in them. The Word of God gives them perspective and tells them who they are. Number two, they know the authority and the power which is theirs in Christ Jesus. So they know with the word the devil flees because he is powerless. They know that in Christ, God has taken them above every realm, every power, every dominion which is demonic. They know in Christ they are seated in high places, far above principalities and powers and the powers of the air and all of those things. They know that with the word from their mouth, they can cast out the spirit. They know with the word from their mouth, spirits can live because they have come to know who they are they don't run to somebody to pray for them for deliverance so they know who they are they know the authority that they have in Christ Jesus the third feature is that they live their lives from God's Word and not from human wisdom they live their life from God's Word and not from sensual wisdom you see they don't live their life that way because they have the Word of God abiding in them and the word for abiding is a Greek word meno means to be one so intricably one that you put lose yourselves in each other so they become the word of God in expression in the youthful stage they know who they are they know that they are born of the word they know that they are the word of God they know their power and authority that they have in Christ they live their life from God's word not from how they feel not from their human comprehension or oh, we are all human beings they know they are not alright They know they are not Cameroonians. They know they are not Europeans. They know they are a colony sent from heaven to earth with the assignment of bringing the earth back to complete dominion, back to God. Now the fatherhood stage. The reason why there is the term fatherhood here instead of mother is because fathers give life. I know we've been indoctrinated and you hear mothers give life. I love mothers and my mom is alive and you know I love her so much. But you have to understand that we must comprehend bible terminologies from the bible perspective. In this stage, it's called fatherhood stage because fathers give life. The seed for reproduction comes from the man. The woman nurtures life. She doesn't give life. The woman contributes the body of the child. The man brings the life through the sperm and everything. There's life. The only woman in the bible who has seed is Mary that's the only woman in the Bible that God talks about she had seed because Mary conceived without the agency of a man the life of Jesus did not come from a human father are you saying when God said in Genesis to the serpent her seed shall dominate over your seed and you shall bruise his heel and you shall boost your head was talking about a prophetic utterance about a virgin birth so the fatherhood stage here is about replicating the life of God in other people transferring the life of God in other people. That's why it's called fatherhood because fathers give life. So that's the reason why we have the term fatherhood stage. Let's read 1 John 13a to 14a that was an aside so let us understand why the term fatherhood and not motherhood because you might not open the bible and you say motherhood stage of fatherhood and motherhood we have to understand scripture from the language of scripture don't change it because you're trying to superimpose your human understanding on the bible so let's read first john chapter 2 verses 13a to 14a 1st John chapter 2 from verses 13a to 14a from the New King James Version 13a I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning 14a I write to you fathers because you have known him who was from the beginning the same things twice so the only thing that fathers really have which is distinct in their category is they have known him who was in the beginning and who is that person John chapter 1 verse 1 going down in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God they have come to a place where they know the word the youths are aware of their place in Christ they are aware of all those things but the fathers they have come to the place where they know the genesis of the word they know the word in and out they have so been with the word that they are the word himself so when God wants to heal a land he sends them when God wants to heal a country he sends these people the Bible says when God wants to heal a land he sends his word his word is a person so the fathers have become those kind of people. that when God wants to help you he makes you to meet them because when you meet them everything about your life starts working aright when God wants to help this country he sends his word, he sends the father, the person who has grown in the word to the point where they become the very embodiment of the word. He sends them to that country because when they come there, the spiritual climate of that territory starts shifting just by their mere presence. Those are fathers, not because they have gray hair. It's not about gray hair. I said spiritual growth is not a function of time. So it's not about gray hair and black hair. Somebody can be in his 30s but it's a father. Somebody can be in their fifties but it's a baby, alright? I say spiritual grace is a function of wisdom, knowledge and understanding, which the bible calls light. But features of the fatherhood stage is that they live and experience God through his word. They experience God to the point where they become the experience. When we want to experience God, God sends them. Number two, they understand God and his ways in the youthful stage there's an awareness and a limited understanding but in the final stage the understanding is so complete now this is a place where they call them consummate man they have become perfect in Christ the third thing they become one with the word they are so one with the word that they become the word himself you look at them You are looking at Jesus like Christ said as you're seeing me you're seeing God because I'm so in tune with God that him and I we are like you look at them you're seeing Jesus on display and finally they reproduce Jesus in others they reproduce the Christ in others meaning the fathers can take you and mentor you and grow you up to the point where you become as Jesus is they can reproduce the Christ in other people That's a level of fatherhood and that comes through mentorship and discipleship they know what to teach you they know what to guide you in and they build you to become the express image of jesus himself because you can't give what you don't have because they are that way and they know what made them to be that way so they can give you what they have so you can become what god wants you to be conform the image of christ so it's important that we understand that. So at what stage does prayer become a delight? We are going to our question proper. At what stage does prayer become a delight? And from these stages, it is clear that it is from the youthful stage to the final stage that prayer becomes a delight because that's a place of understanding. You know yourself, you know God, you know the Word. You are the Word. And there's a reason for that the reason why at this stage prayer becomes a delight because there is an answer to prayers you pray correctly you pray with the right motivations you have the right prayer topics you have the right motivations for praying the youthful and the father stage, because you understand Jesus, you understand what he thinks, you understand his desires, you understand his yearning, you understand his deepest passion, so you pray according to his deepest passion, his deepest need, his deepest desires, you don't pray your prayers, you pray his prayers, so he's praying through you that's why there is always result with those who are in this category because they have understood what prayer is for when the word of God abides in you, you become one with the word you understand the word, you understand the yearnings of the word so you pray according to the passions and the yearnings and desires of the word you don't pray your personal prayer, your prayer for bread and butter and for gary and sugar is gone that's for babies let's read John 15 from verses 4 to 8 John chapter 15 from verses 4 to 8 from the New King James Version that's St John the Gospels verse 4 read with me Christ is talking here abide in me and I in you as the brush cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me And I said the word for abide, there is a Greek word meno, meaning to be one. To be so one together that you are lost in each other. It's not being one then you are tied but you are two of you. No, you are one. Where you are lost in each other and you become one item to those who are watching maybe this manga stuff dragon ball and the rest when i was younger i was watching those things and you will see there's what they call because i watched it in french fusion where you have um, sangoku and vegeta coming together and they form a completely different person called vegeku are you saying then you have um, sangohan and Trunk coming together fusioning together and and forming a completely different person are you seeing so that's what i'm talking about here about abiding abiding is you coming together with christ to the point where you lose yourself in him and all what people see is him let me read verse 4 again abide in me and i in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me Verse 5. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as the branch, as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them in the fire, and they are burnt. seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask for what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Before now he has been saying abide in me and I in you, but now he is telling us how he abides in us. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, that's how he abides in us, through his words. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you this is the only place where God says whatever you desire shall be answered because when a word abides in you it restructures your mind it redirects your passions your desires it gives you the desires of God the desires of Christ the passions of Christ so your desire becomes the same as what Christ desires and your prayers flow from your desires when you pray at that point God is not seeing the prayer of Solomon Ray he is seeing Christ praying he is seeing the request of christ in front of him and he must always answer jesus positively always do you now see why at this level it becomes a delight because you have answers to prayers because you understand prayer differently if you abide in me verse 7 if you abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask for what you desire and it shall be done for you Eight and the last by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples So it's at the stage of the youthful stage and the fatherhood stages that prayer becomes a delight. Why? Because we understand the mind of Christ. We understand his pains. We understand his passions. We understand his desires. We understand his pleasures. So we pray according to what he desires, not according to what we want. Many times when I was young and I was hearing people talking about their testimony, they met Christ and everything and one thing always stood out. He was always crying. And not just crying with just small tears. Many of them said he was sobbing. You know when you sob now. <gasps> He's sobbing. And I was but why is Christ crying? In my heart as a child, I said, but why is Jesus Christ crying all the time? Why is he crying while we are many of us here? It's because for so long we are using Jesus to get what we want we are praying only our own personal things God please for food God please for meat God why only two meat God why 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 my friends are having a big Jeep I'm having a small car God why God why God please for job God please for this and God is looking at all those things and is like wow it's not like what you're asking for is evil seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things jobs and all these things marriage and all these things children and all these things business and all these things a healthy life and all these things will be added to you but when we don't understand the mind of Christ we would pray some kind of funny prayers and now you're asking so Solomon Ray what should we pray about I'll give you the prayer points of the Christ they might not be exhaustive but just listen and listen hard and take down notes I take time to really come out with these things so you can relate with them as a study material not just a podcast you're listening to while time your prayer life in the youthful stage and the fatherhood stage it doesn't mean now that because you've heard this podcast and you start praying that way you are a youth in the spirit or a father your prayer will be about the following things it will be about the heart of the father and I have a couple of them here number one the harvest the unbelievers You'll be praying for the unbelievers you'll be praying for the harvest unbelievers around the world, in your family, in your city, in your company, in your business, in your territory, in your country, in your continent, in the world at large. you pray for the harvest. let's read Luke 10 1 to 2 Luke chapter 10 verses 1 and 2 from the ESV Bible 1 After this the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go two. and he said to them the harvest is plenteous but the laborers are few therefore pray earnestly to the lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest therefore pray earnestly these are people on a mission they are already going somewhere they are going ready to win souls for god they are going ready to propagate the gospel in other territories and their burden is god we need more laborers. Christ said, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send more laborers. Your prayer life you wants to be a delight. You pray for the harvest, for the unbelievers. You pray that God should send people. You pray that God should raise more people. You pray that God should deal with people, the men of God and the women of God around the world. God should empower them. You're praying for them. You're interceding for them. Number two, you're praying for all saints and God's servants. Let's read Ephesians six ten to 20 the first point was you're praying for the harvest unbelievers around the world you're praying for the unbelievers you're praying earnestly take out time you pray for an hour you pray for two hours you're praying not just prayer for power and prayer for anointing you're praying for the unbelievers you're praying for all these things number two prayer for all saints and God's servants ephesians 6 10 to 20 from the esv 10 finally be strong in the lord and in the strength of his might 11 Put on the whole armor of God, that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. 12 For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers above this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. 13 Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. 14. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness 15. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one 17. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God now focus here 18 praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to the end keep alert with all perseverance making supplications for all the saints 19 and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel 20 for which i am an ambassador in chains that i may declare it boldly as i ought to speak My anchor is verses 18 and 19 Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication To that end keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints and also for me So our prayer life to become a delight You pray for the saints of God so they come to a place of oneness to a place of stature in Christ You're praying for them. God help them to understand your word. Help them because many people are not understanding God's word. They are living by church traditions, personal understanding, you know, human wisdom, human comprehension and all those things. And you're laboring and you're praying for them because that's the heart of God. God has bigger things than for you to eat two meals a day or for you to eat good meat. Of course, he wants you to live well, but that's secondary. The first thing is his kingdom. And his righteousness. So for your prayer life to be a delight, you're praying for all saints and God's servants. The ones you know and the ones you don't know. You're praying for God to raise more servants because they are not enough. They are not enough more servants in Cameroon, more servants in the United States, more servants in Lebanon, more servants in Belgium, more servants in Germany, more servants in Brazil, more servants in Ghana, more servants in Nigeria, more servants in Spain, more servants in Ireland. You're praying like that and not just praying that God should raise them, you volunteer to be one of them, that God should use you to impact these nations, to impact these territories, to impact the world. Make yourself available. Number three, you want your prayer life to be a delight? Pray for territorial preservation, where you are praying for all men plus those in authority and for kings. You are praying for kings and those in authority. There's a reason for that. Let's read 1 Timothy chapter 2 from verses 1 to 4 from the New King James Version. And I read verse 1. Therefore, I exhort... That's verse 1, the very first thing that Paul is saying in this chapter. Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplication, first of all, before anything else, before your prayer for speed, your prayer for anointing, your prayer for whatever. First of all, therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Two, for kings and for all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. 4. And the last. Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth? The reason why we are making supplications, prayers, intercession and giving of thanks for all men and for kings and those in authority so that God should guide them. God should guide them to enact laws that will enable the word of God to operate in that land. God will guide them not to sign anti-word of God laws, anti-Christian laws. Now when you say God bless you, they say you're infringing on my right and they go and lock you up. Like what I hear now, people are being locked up because they are trying to pray or they are praying for and they are trying to dissuade someone not from community abortion they lock you up for that these are anti-god kind of laws so you're praying for your leaders your presidents your mayors your ministers so they don't get to that place where they start passing laws against the word of god are you getting it and so that people in that territory can live a peaceful life so the word of god can be freely altered can you preach during a time of war you can but people are more concerned about running and being alive But when there is peace, there's calmness in the land, in the territory. Now you can tell someone about Jesus Christ. You can host times where you are teaching them two hours and three hours and you're dissecting God's word so they understand. All these are done in times of peace. So you pray for the president. Don't be complaining like everybody else. Pray for him. Pray for her. Pray for the ministers. Pray for the governors. Pray for the mayors. Pray for the SDOs and the DOs. Those who are in Cameroon. SDO means Senior Divisional Officer and then D-O means Divisional Officer. You are praying in your school for your principal. You are praying for your teacher. You are praying for your senior prefect. Pray for people so the territory can be at peace and there can be room for God's word to be expressed and taught. So all men can be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's the reason why you pray for the kings and the those in power. So the territory can be sane and people can now confront themselves with the gospel and can be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Hope it makes sense. You want your prayer life to be a delight, pray for the sick. Let's read James chapter 5 from verse 13 to 15 from the NKJV. 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray is anyone cheerful let him sing Psalms 14 is anyone among you sick let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord 15 and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up and if he has committed sins he will be forgiven don't even get me started with this ending part when you pray for the sick They are healed and if they have committed any sin, they will be forgiven because you prayed for them. That's a different subject matter for another day. Let me come back. Praying for the sick is important. Someone can hardly receive the gospel or even grow to full stature in Christ when they are bedridden. You pray for the sick. Number 5. You want your prayer life to be a delight? Be committed to setting the captives free from demonic influences, either directly or indirectly. When you see someone, a territory is infested with demonic attacks and everything, you have the power to pray them out. You have it. Alright? Let's read Mark 16 verses 15 to 18 from the NKJV. 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. 7 and these signs shall follow those who believe in my name they shall cast out demons they shall speak with new tongues 18 they will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly it will by no means hurt them they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover it's important to understand when christ is sending us out are you saying it's to preserve territorial sanity and to preserve individual sanity When we are praying for the kings and those in authority, we are trying to preserve the territorial sanity of that place so that God's word can find free course in that land and people can be saved and grow to become the fullness of the measure of Christ. Personally too, people are invested with so much demonic spirits and demonic ideas and sickness and all those things. So we are praying for the sick and we are casting out demons from these people either directly or indirectly so that god can sanitize them so the word of god can have free course in their body imagine preaching to a to a fool or a mad person you're wasting your time you will say give your life to cry, and you start laughing at you because they are not in the right sense the first thing is to take out that insanity then present the gospel That's the reason why God is so particular about personal sanity and territorial sanity. So God's word can find its right place and people can now grow in him. So making sure you're involved in setting the captives free over territories and over people's life. Directly or indirectly. Number six think the last one most importantly your prayer life if you're in the youthful and fatherhood stage will be about praying for the consummation of all saints to conform to the image of God himself that'll be your biggest prayer point because the assignment of Jesus Christ cannot happen without this happening the assignment of Jesus Christ on earth cannot happen without Christians maturing to or consummating their life in Christ it cannot happen. Let's read Colossians 1 from verses 9 to 14. Colossians 1 from verses 9 to 14 from the New Living Translation. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. This is Paul talking about his prayer life towards his people. 10. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. 11. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. 12. Always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. 13 for he has rescued us from the knowledge of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son 14 who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins but my hook is verse 1 and 2 so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you they only heard about them they had not met them and they began praying for them the Christians at Colossae praying for them we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding because these are the components that determine growth in the spirit wisdom, knowledge, understanding so they are praying for the Christians at Colossi to grow to become the fullness of the stature of Christ in their territory so God can have free utterance in that territory that's how we should pray Don't sit down and just start complaining about things in Cameroon, in America, and what are you doing? And all the while our prayer life is only about praying about the newest iPhone 15 Pro Max, a Samsung Galaxy S23 Pro Max, and all those kind of prayers. What for? Do you now see why God will always respond to this kind of prayer? Because they are praying his heart. Babies pray their heart, their need, what they want. The mature sons in Christ, the youths and the fathers, they pray the heart of God. Because God needs someone to pray his heart for him, here on earth, for him to intervene. Let's read Ephesians 3, 8-19. It's a bit long but just relax. Ephesians chapter 3 from verses 8 to 19 from the New James version. We are at the point where our prayer point for us to have a delightful time of prayer should be about praying for the consummation of all sins to conform to the image of God himself that's praying for their maturity. Ephesians 3 8 to 19 8 to me who am less than the least of all sins this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. 9 and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. 10 take note of 10 and 11 I'm going to read. 10. To the intent, the reason why God sent Christ and made everything and to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. 11. According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. 12. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him. 13. Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart in my tribulations for you, which is your glory. 14. For this reason, though Paul is going through tribulations and hardship, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is still praying for them in hardship. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 15. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. 16 that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man 17 that christ might dwell in your heart through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love 18 may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height Nineteen and the last and to know the love of christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of god whenever i read this part be filled with all the fullness of god many years ago i was so mad at god because i thought the way he has arranged things is not working out and i remember telling him then after that i rebelled against god like i rebelled and i live my life i rebelled against god and i told god that if i were him I would have done a better job than him. I was so angry at how things are going on in the world and everything. I was so angry at his strategy for salvation and everything and I was so pissed and I told God to go away with his life and I live my life. When I read these things, God is merciful. On me, oh, imagine talking like that to your father. I told God off. That's why I keep saying, when you are angry at God, there is something you don't know and there is something you have not understood right. God is always correct because the things he does are always just see how much God loves us he wants to fill us with the fullness of himself and i keep asking if you are filled with the fullness of God who are you and we keep focusing on praying for anointing praying for this praying for car praying for God wants to give you himself everything responds to God everything responds to God positively the only people who don't respond to God positively are the devil, his demons and rebellious human beings. But every other thing responds to God. The sun, the moon, the stars, the plants, the animals, the galaxies, everything, angels, everything responds to God positively. So then to be making uh, the law of manifestation, you're trying to adjust your frequency and your... All those things are just some carnal and human supputations. Stop all those nonsense. Focus on becoming more of Christ be filled with the fullness of god and that should be your prayer point That should be my prayer point you're praying and laboring in the spirit you're praying and laboring in the night and you're praying for souls you're praying for the people of god to come to maturity in christ to be filled with all the fullness of god how will your prayer life and our prayer life be a delight when all our prayer points are just personal mundane and selfish games me relax let's go on to look at just some few things then we wrap up the causes of unfruitful prayers as a christian living from human nature or that the carnal and baby christians your prayer life will be about three things what causes unfruitful prayers is because our prayer life when we are still babies and carnal our prayer life focus on three things number one the desires of the flesh doing what you want to do number two the desires of the eyes getting what you want and number three the pride of life making a name for yourself those who are carnal christians see it doesn't mean because you are praying for ten hours that you are a youth or you are a father Mm-mm. i've said it the measure of spiritual growth or the ingredient for spiritual growth is your level of wisdom knowledge and understanding it's not how much time you pray it's not how much time you give or how many things you give is not none of those. See, just three days ago or four days ago, I watched the video of uh, Billy Graham, the documentary. He is one person who has always fascinated me. When I was growing up, even like in primary school, I always watched his videos on CRTV. By then, so CRTV for those who are listening out of Cameroon is Cameroon Radio Television is the official state TV station, and sometimes they will show Billy Graham. And this is a man who was known for healing, he wasn't known for anointing, he wasn't known for all those things, but come and see, come and see how God walked in his life. Come and see. I watched again four days ago with my family and you saw Times Square. Times Square was packed full with people and Billy Graham preached the first sermon on live TV. Times Square in the US was packed full. And this is a man who wasn't known for dexterity in power and anointing, but the simplicity of his word, they had connection. That's what God wants and God will move heaven and earth for people to come and see you. But those who are carnal, Christians who are carnal and who are babies, their prayer life revolves around these three things. The desire of the flesh, meaning they want to do what they want to do. The desire of the eyes, they want to get what they want to get. And the pride of life, to make their name great. So we'll pray for speed, so we can have a bigger business, a better job, so our career can grow, so we can get what we want to get, a bigger house, a big car. I'm not saying speed is bad, but what's the reason behind the speed you're praying? What's the reason behind the favor that you're so labouring to get? There's a better way. And these three things, the desire of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, and the pride of life, these are the rudiments of pride towards God a self-worth life. These are people, Christians, who use God for personal gain. They use God to do what they want to do. They use God to get what they want to get and they use God to make themselves great. Let's read James chapter 4 from verses 1 to 8 from the New Living Translation. What is causing quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at work within you? I said, baby Christians, carnal Christians, pray their desires. Mature Christians pray the desires of God. What is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at work within you? 2. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill for it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. 3. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. 4. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God because the world only want what they want. I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Verse 5, Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. 6. And he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So humble yourself before God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. 8 come close to God and God will come close to you wash your hands you sinners purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided with God and the world we keep praying and praying and praying and praying and all our motivations are wrong because we only want what we are praying for our own pleasure God give me the latest phone in town why because you want to show the world that you two you are the guy around God see I'm dressing see me why because you want to show that you two you are there Let's read Galatians 6 verses 7 to 8 from the NIV. 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. 8. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. What you put in is what you put out. These are the causes of unfruitful prayer and because we don't have answers to them, prayer becomes a burden and that's why many Christians don't believe in prayer, they are more into hard work and we are working hard and trying to use some human wisdom to get what they want to get many christians are doing this chakra thing chakra and yoga and they are meditating and making their hands and talking to the universe who taught you that universe pray for me i pray for the universe to come together for my favor who taught you that is it god who taught you to pray like that or you're the one who is trying to pray for yourself because you're trying prayer and it's not going so you do now according to the ways of the world you're trying to adjust your vibration the wisdom of god is simple is peaceable there are many kinds of things outside there um your vibration your frequency your aura those things i'm not saying that they are but choose god's way do things god's way when did god in your bible send you to talk to the universe what are you doing you're applying the methods of the book called the secret you're trying to manifest your desires the love manifestation talk to yourself five times a day let's continue when our prayer life is only about what we want in life what we want to get out of life and to make our name great i'm telling you that's a welcome note to a disgruntled prayer life this will lead a prayer life bankrupt of consistent results making prayer to become a burden and not a delight or enjoyable but god wants your prayer life to be delightful he wants it maybe you're doubting but let's read john 16 23 to 24. John chapter 16 from verses 23 to 24 from the ESV version 23. In that day you will ask nothing of me. Jesus is talking to disciples. In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly truly I say to you whatever you ask of the father in my name he will give to you. 24. Until now you have not asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. God wants our prayer life to be delightful, a joyful thing, but the condition is that you must pray in the name of Jesus. And praying in the name of Jesus doesn't mean you're praying and then you conclude in Jesus name. Amen. That's not what it means. It means you're praying in the person of Jesus. You're praying in the character of Jesus. You're praying the heart and desires of Jesus Christ. Those are the prayers that God earmarks and notices as the prayers of Jesus Christ himself. Therefore, asking in the name of Jesus Christ is asking in the person and character of Jesus Christ. Beyond using his name as a closing phrase. And what does Jesus pray for? The things I mentioned before. Pray for the harvest. Pray for those in power and authority. Pray for the saints. Pray for the sick. And all those things listen again go back and listen and have all those things that is what God wants us to pray for and that will make our prayer life to be delightful you will write me and tell me later just devote one week and pray these prayer points and tell me how you feel about yourself and tell me how your prayer life is going on with you you will feel different you will think different and your life will change from you to God not to others to God doing what God wants, praying what God wants, praying the heart of God praying in the character of Jesus Christ, that's a prayer that works and that's a prayer that God wants and that's a prayer that God answers all the time so my dear people, there is so much more in Christ, believe you me, there is so much more focus on the Bible and pray correctly as you're studying the Bible, you're studying the word of God, you're not studying events and people you're studying events and people to see Jesus and to understand him through those events so that you can copy him and imitate him and ultimately become him and your prayer life should be consistent with his person and character stop praying for your personal things they are not evil but God knows that you need them do you think that when God wants to provide for you knowing that you're going to bless the land he will leave you homeless focus on God not others focus on Christ pray the heart of Jesus the heart of Jesus is unbelievers and immature Christians those two groups of people so listen to this podcast again take down notes and write down the prayer points and pray them pray them for one week and tell me write me personally and i'll respond call me and i'll respond please don't be angry at god and thinking that oh he's unjust you are praying for 10 years and nothing is happening relax there's something you don't know there's something you don't understand so be humble and learn i was there one time i was so angry at god and i rebelled but i came back in humility and said god you know what there's a gap in my life that only you can fill. so focus on jesus focus on the word of god and pray correctly because the word of god is the principal thing so in everything you want to get focus on the word because the word is the only instrument and tool and the only person who can bring us to the maturity and the fullness of god then enable us to pray correctly praying the heart of God and praying the heart of Jesus so next time when you see people just pushing for prayer and just negating the word of God which is a lot of Christians share this podcast with them in love or talk to them in love because the word of God is the priority and prayer is a tool for dominion the word of God is a priority because it's a person and the assignment of the word of God is to bring us into maturity, into God the full expression of Jesus walking on earth and prayer. The carnal Christians ask God for things. Do you know how God prays? God prays. Do you know that? I hope you know that. But when God prays, he doesn't pray and ask for things. He will pray to who? Who will God pray to? So when God needs something, God speaks it and creates it through his word. When God wants something in your life to work right, he speaks a word and that word is going to relate with somebody in the earth who has come to maturity and that word will cause the two of you to meet so words can exchange into you so it can cleanse your life and you have a sound mind in Genesis chapter 1 going down when God was creating the world God was praying that's how God prays He wants light, let there be light he wants water let it be what he wants this he was just commanding things and that's a dimension of prayer that we have to reframe times and seasons where we are reordering things spiritually to conform to the word of god his will and to his purpose and you do that every day if one person is alive in cameroon who prays like this cameroon cannot go down for your sake god will turn everything around if one person can be praying like this in the united states in brazil in your community that community that country cannot go down because for your sake God will turn everything around because of Christ all the human race was rescued because of you your entire country can be rescued never undermine the power and authority and the love that God has for you become a young man in the spirit grow into fatherhood in the spirit full stature in Christ can Cameroon go down when God is in Cameroon never so grow to the point where you are fully filled with the fullness of God So that because of you in the land, that land is preserved. Because you are not Sulamuray in the land, God is seeing himself in the land. And God cannot destroy a territory when he is there. So may God help us. May God help us. We have closed let's pray thank you father for your word thank you for everything you keep doing in and through our lives thank you for these answers that you keep releasing we are so amazed and marveled every time these words come out from our spirit released by you and from your throne room lord we are humble lord i pray that may this epistles and may your word find unrestrained access into the spirits the minds of all those who are listening to me and give them the power To be able to explain and to defend your word. Break them into oneness with you. Oneness with your word. Lord, I pray for the maturity of the saints around the world. All those listening to this podcast, present and future. Lord, I pray that may you help us. May you raise more men and women. May you raise more servants. Who are filled with the sagacity of the Godhead. Who think like you. Who talk like you. Who have discernment and sound judgment. Lord there is a need for spiritual growth and we intercede for your people. We intercede Lord. You came and died for us. You came and died the worst death that a man could die. You came and released the word of the Father to us. Lord teach us to grow. Teach us so we can become everything that you want us to be. Teach us so we can understand who you are. Practice your life. Talk your life. Think your life so we become the very embodiment of your life in our families in our territories in the office in our business among our friends our peers they are blessed because you are there with them through our bodies our companies are blessed because you are there in that company in our body thank you father for revealing yourself to us in such plain manner who would have known we could never imagine that you loved us so much to the point where you're giving yourself fully to us filling us with yourself fully in our body what a love what a grace what a savior be glorified in everything we think do and say in jesus name i pray amen thank you very much again this has been a long two-part series and i hope that you find it relevant of course as usual so listen to it again and again take down notes and apply them apply these things into your life change your prayer points change your prayer life change your prayer focus from you to god from you to christ pray the heart of christ pray the heart of god don't pray what you want God knows what you want But you know what he wants So pray what he wants Pray his heart and pray his desires And focus on the word Because becoming is the focus of your calling Becoming the fullest extent of Jesus Here and now And pray correctly God bless you I've been Solomon Ray Signing out See you next week For another exciting question from you Cheers Love you all Bye-bye.
0: If trust this episode was instructive and that you've learned a thing or two, please feel free to send in your questions using the Q&A button if you're on Spotify or use the link in the show notes below if on Apple Podcast or any other player. Getting value from this podcast, consider doing the following steps. Step 1. Leave a review after the show notes below. And step 2. Share with your friends and loved ones via your social media platforms. Also, consider showing some love by supporting us by giving towards the development of other programs using the appropriate link in the show notes as well. Do you want to share a personal message with Solomon Ray? For your testimonials and message of gratitude, use the appropriate link in the show note below to send your voice note. We truly love you and believe in you and the person you are becoming in Christ Jesus. Till then, have a blessed day ahead and remember, Jesus Christ is counting on you to influence your world for him. God bless you.